Today is December the 16th, 2019. I'm here in Frederick with Comptroller of Maryland, Peter Francho. Comptroller, thanks for joining a Minor Detail podcast for maybe the fifth time, fourth time. I don't know. It's We've we've done quite a few of these. I want to talk to you tonight about transportation. You probably took 270 to get here. I hope it wasn't too congested. And hopefully one of these days we can find a, we can find a solution to mitigate this massive traffic problem. So to go right into it, Comptroller, the Maryland Department of Transportation, they have proposed a to the $11 billion Beltway I-270 widening project that's being pushed by Governor Larry Hogan. And if passed, the amendments would allow the state to, they would be able to take houses from, they could buy these houses up alongside the Beltway before an environmental review. You expressed concerns recently about this public-private partnership. And in June, you voted to allow the Hogan administration to further explore the feasibility of the new idea that would relieve the gridlock on 270 and years later. You're also con- concerned now that the state wants to begin buying, as I said earlier, private property alongside the highway should this plan pass. So let's talk right about that. You're getting some blowback. I, maybe not blowback, but you're getting a little bit of pressure from the governor's office to make a decision. And you want to hold off on that decision because you believe, according to all reports, that it's necessary to further explore this. So let's talk about that. What say you, Comptroller? A little bit of pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a $12 billion public-private partnership, and uh, I voted for the original concept six months ago, but then when it came back in its latest iteration, I think this is the third transformation of it, it had eliminated three or four items that I thought had been decided uh, in my favor because to think that uh, the project makes some sense if it works. So I had a number of amendments six months ago. It came back. uh, They were all changed or turned upside down, one of which was the one you just mentioned, uh, where they had agreed not to purchase any or condemn or take by eminent domain any private homes until the environmental impact statement had been made. That had been removed. Long story short, I come from Montgomery County. I've lived there 40 years. Uh, I've raised my family, lived with Annie uh, in Tacoma Park. I understand what the problems are with the Beltway. It's horribly congested, makes life unbearable for citizens. However, it's also very uh, much of a negative as far as the state's economy because it kind of gums everything up in the Montgomery County Prince George's area. So I happen to believe that something should be done to add uh, highway capacity to 495 and 270, but it has to be done right. It has to be done thoughtfully. It has to be have some data backing it up from uh, the highway and uh, transportation experts. It has to have buy-in from Montgomery County and Prince George's County. You can't just say this is a well-intentioned, good program that we think might work but we're not going to consult with the locals because we're scared of, uh, you know, activism over in the Washington area. <laughs> so uh, right now we're in a t- uh, fairly significant in, uh, negotiations. This is the governor's project. It's not my project. So I'm waiting to hear what responses there are to the question that you mentioned about a taking of homes. But there's several other questions, uh, not the least of which is, uh, you know, transit. Obviously, we need mass transit in addition to added highway capacity, and it's unclear to me right now that that commitment that was made back in June is being lived up to as far as uh, the latest uh, iteration. So, long story short, it, it's getting um, a little bit difficult to maintain a lot of confidence in this. The Secretary of Transportation, who was responsible for all of the details, 
has suddenly resigned and moved back to New Mexico. Well, he lived there. Well, that may be. I don't uh, think much he, in that at all, but it's a very odd timing since this is the biggest project. Are you confident in Greg Slater? Yes, I am. I think Greg Slater is a uh, very impressive individual who is very good at working out differences, and um, our staffs are obviously are in touch with him, and I'm sure he's in touch with more of the local jurisdictions than Pete Rom was. So... Pete Rom got a lot of pushback, Comptroller, as you know, and you heard that. You feel that those concerns, and I was there at uh, down in Silver Spring, where right around the time that uh, it was June, actually, June 5th, where you made this vote, you authorized the governor, uh, through your vote, this three-member Board of Public Works, to go ahead and review, and then it came back. The changes weren't necessarily lining up to what you had originally intended. And look, this is a massive project with little oversight from the public because this will not be funded by taxpayer dollars. So you mentioned on Facebook that you have objectives to the changes, and you mentioned some earlier. You've asked for more time to assess NDOT's changes. And Greg Slater, who is the, I don't don't know if he's been approved yet or if he's the incoming Secretary of Transportation, but he said that MDOT should begin with the American Legion Bridge. You want a federal environmental review to happen before any private property is taken by eminent domain. And you're concerned that the state is backing off its commitment to spend 10% of its share of net toll revenue on public transportation in Montgomery County and Prince George's County. Have you heard from the governor? Have you guys sat down and talked? Because based on the Facebook post and what's being reported, it doesn't seem like you guys are really talking right now. Well, let me emphasize, I have a positive relationship with the governor, and uh, he and I have worked together on many uh, issues. This is an issue that we can work on together. It wasn't presented uh, particularly well, but it has really very little to do with Governor Hogan and Comptroller Francho. It's basically, uh, what's the right decision at this point? Because of the size of this project, uh, I think it's bigger than any other public-private partnership in the history of the country. We need to make sure we get it right. And... Virginia is an interesting participant with us on the uh, bridge reconstruction in American Legion, which definitely needs to be done. But they have a lot of experience with P3, some of it highly negative, a lot of it uh, reasonable. And we're uh, interested in just making sure that if Maryland's embarking on this, actually reduces congestion, that it actually protects the taxpayers, and that most importantly to me, in addition to protecting the taxpayer, doesn't leave open the possibility that at some point we're holding the bag. They say, well, you can get a lot of, uh, you know, under legally, you can get, if the company just bellies up, you can take ownership of whatever it is they've done. Really? That's what we want to do? Put ourselves in that kind of a position? No, I think we need to think it through very carefully. And uh, I'm a bit of an incrementalist. That doesn't mean I don't have big, bold ideas. I just mean on a big, bold idea like this, we go slowly and perhaps do half a loaf, perhaps could lead to a whole loaf. In this uh, particular example, half a loaf is a lot. We'll just see how it all shapes up. The staffs are very much in communication with each other. I really uh, kind of de-emphasize the personalities involved. That's fair. And I know that you and the governor have had a, a, a great working relationship. In fact, you've backed him up um, and have had similarities through your, what, four years on the Board of Public Works? Uh, five years. It, it's, it's fair to say that your relationship with him have pushed through 
several important projects in the state of Maryland that otherwise may have not gotten through. But yesterday um, on Facebook, you did say that you were not going to get a lecture from this governor. And as you mentioned, you are a Montgomery County resident. I'm a Montgomery County resident. My wife suffers through the traffic crisis every day. I suffer through that same crisis. And we all have uh, probably have had months and years taken off our lives by sitting in this gridlock that is just hampering commerce, that's taking away time from seeing our kids, uh, your wife, and to getting to and from Annapolis. You said yesterday that you have serious unanswered questions about the third and latest iteration of this plan. Can you walk us through some of those serious and unanswered questions? What, do you, what would you ask the governor if he were sitting right next to us? You have to include the local jurisdictions. I mean, I met on Saturday with uh, Montgomery County Executive, maybe it was Sunday, I guess. How'd that go? Very well. Came over to my house, and I asked him, what could you live with? And uh, he had a couple of thoughts. And I wouldn't say it's, you know, uh, tremendously dramatic, but they were smart ideas. That's what Greg Slater, representing the governor, should do with people like the county executive of Montgomery County. I think it's uh, eminently achievable that uh, half a loaf of what they're talking about could be agreed to even by uh, as early as uh, the next board meeting, which apparently now is January 8th. May have to wait a little bit longer than that. But things could be worked out as far as the inclusiveness of the locals. In in Montgomery County, you are not going to run over the Planning Commission and the County Council in the legislature, you're not going to run over uh, the uh, Democrats and the others, other folks in the legislature. Uh, you're definitely not going to run over the uh, trial lawyers and everybody else who are going to get involved in this if, in fact, they somehow push this thing through. And so the, the real question is, let's slow down, let's stop the uh, Facebook postings, and let's just get back to uh, seeing what it is that uh, makes sense for the state of Maryland. And uh, I'm happy to do that, but it's not my project. Right. Not <laughs> you're one vote, and one vote. you're one vote, but you obviously have a different, much different perspective than, let's say, the governor does, who has not lived for 40 years in Montgomery County. And look, Delegate Mark Corman, please. Because, you know, let's, you know, a lot of this is framed around, you know, we don't want to have toll roads. We don't want to have added highway capacity. We want mass transit. I've been there, done that in Montgomery County. I was a champion of the Purple Line. To the governor's credit, he campaigned against the Purple Line. It's a bad idea because he's a Republican. He's kind of, he's mostly pro, pro-road and not pro-transit. Once he got elected, he looked at the Purple Line and he said, you know what, I'm going to change my mind and go for it. And to him, I give the, him credit because that's a big change for him. So that massive mass transit project is underway. It's funded, and it's going to be completed in the next few years in uh, Montgomery and Prince George's County. So I'm a little uh, frustrated with people that just come up and say, no, we don't need to do anything with toll roads on 270 and 495. Yeah, we need to do something because it's unbearable. It affects the quality of life people living in the Washington area or north of it. It also damages the economy. We have the data to back that up. You know, when I was growing, when I was first here, the idea of living in Virginia as opposed to Montgomery County was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. 
Now, all of a sudden, people are flocking to Virginia and not uh, locating in Montgomery County. We have to reverse that because, you know, the economy requires it. So a couple more questions, and then we'll wrap up. Delegate Corman, Mark Corman, he's a Democrat. He represents the Bethesda District 16. He's expressed concerns about the project, the P3 project, especially the taxpayer contribution and the overall cost. And you frequently make a point to say that you were elected by the taxpayers to represent them and the fiduciary responsibility of the state. You are their fiscal steward and you are their champion. And that's why you're there. That's why you're on the Board of Public Works. Are you concerned about the overall cost of the taxpayer contribution in Comptroller? We're talking about, I believe, the single largest P3 project on the East Coast. So that's that's a major deal. And even though the governor's office has said, we are not rushing this, we canceled this because the comptroller asked us to cancel it once before the vote. And then they seem incredulous that you wanted to put a halt to this. They said it has nothing to do, the, the meeting uh, on Wednesday, that the 18th, had nothing to do with, I guess, the stalling on the project, or rather your, your concern I don't know if that's true or not. Who knows? I mean, I'll take the governor at face value. What is this overall cost going to be? What's the taxpayer contribution? How much are people going to be on the hook for? Yeah, well, let me just say that obviously is something a lot of the opponents bring up. They either mention they don't want this at all, or they mention that you can't really do anything uh, about congestion. I think you can do something about congestion. I'm interested in doing it. I'm interested in working with the governor if that is possible but I'm not interested in getting something that is unvetted, changing all the time, pushed through uh, without a lot of questions and, and answers as far as, as you mentioned, what the uh, impact is on the taxpayers. The impact on the taxpayers over in Virginia, in some instances, uh, the P3 projects have not been great. In other instances, they've been quite good at relieving some of the congestion. And you mentioned folks that are upset with things, uh, boy, uh, the frustration over traffic is just yeah. mind-boggling. And to say to them, to say to those folks, well, you just have to lump it because, you know, that's it. And if we do anything, it's just going to create more congestion. No, you can do things. There is capacity there if you think it through and you include the communities. Yeah. So you've one For example, the ICC was sold as, you know, this is going to relieve congestion. It wasn't done correctly. So as a result, we have a very expensive road that we paid for that connects 270 and 95, but it's not heavily trafficked enough. Unfortunately not, but I'm still glad it's there. Um, one final question. because yeah. I think it's going to be a big component of whatever it is that we come up with on 270 and uh, 95. Agreed. You're considering running for governor in 2022. It's, of course, news to no one outside of Maryland's political bubble. I'm not a cynic, and I've... As long as I've known you, I can tell you I've never thought that you do things for political reasons. Otherwise, um, people would have been writing your political obituary. Well, they have several times. If Peter Francho votes for this, he's done. If Peter Francho supports this, if he doesn't back Ben Jealous or if he doesn't do this, then that's the end of the line for him. He can never run again. He can't show his face at a Democratic primary. I'm not as cynical as some of the uh, some folks out there. You have people have brought up the fact that uh, because you're running for governor, you want to have some degree of separation, perhaps from Governor Hogan, and that the reason why you're stalling this or you're stalling on your position is because you want to be more, uh, I guess, imbued with the the Democratic base of uh, of Maryland. So, what would be your response to that? It's nonsense to 
people know it, who know me, understand that that's not what's going on. And I mentioned already that this project's so big, it's really beyond Hogan and Francho. I happen to like the governor. I, I think he's an adult. I think you can sit down and talk through issues like this. Uh, I think our staffs are uh, very much in communication. I'm hopeful that something can be worked out that makes sense uh, as far as the taxpayers and as far as reducing congestion. But we're just going to have yep. to wait and see. And uh, I could always wait and do it when I'm governor, I guess. But uh, I think I'll, I think I'd much rather step up uh, to the plate now and uh, see if we can't produce yeah. something that's good. Comptroller Francho, thanks for joining us tonight. Happy holidays to you and your family. And man, I'm looking forward to this next Board of Public Works meeting. So could be a long one.